This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to A Real Man Wood Podcast. This is Chris Liss from Rotowire, your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, picked up a little bit of a cold over the holidays, but um, otherwise, no complaints. So how about yourself? How the hell did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I'm sorry about your nutless monkey immune system. You're always getting sick so much. No, I actually haven't had a bad cold in a while, but yeah, it's not, no fun. And when you're around constantly a bunch of different kids and they're at school and it's just, it's inevitable, especially this time of year. But uh, well, what, about, what about yourself? I'm good. Uh, we went to london for christmas which was fun i got a funny story about that uh also remind me before the end of the podcast to talk about my bank of america story that's a pretty crazy story as well okay all right good deal what we go what we do last week with three and two three and two we we lost with the dolphins and one other bad pick we made but uh yeah you know we've been kind of we're gonna raise we, yeah the ravens you know i'm just so surprised by that i was kind of ties into my story. I'll just get right into the Christmas story. We went to London, and on Saturday night, when those Ravens and Vikings games were going on, the people who we were staying with had this party. And the party started at 7.30 p.m. And around 6.30 or 7, I had changed and showered, put on a a dinner jacket, nice shirt. And I asked Martin, our host, I said, you know, it's a really upscale house. They have, like, just a beautiful, you know, four-story brownstone in a, a nice neighborhood in London. And I was like, well, you know, you're you're saying you had a a stash of liquor. Like, what's it? You know, what's in your liquor cabinet? And so he busted it out. And apparently, he's like friends with some guy who's on the board of this company that makes a particular gin. And I, I really should have looked it up before the podcast. What the gin is? He said you should have some of that. It's really good. Supposedly really good. I don't think he drinks gin. He drinks a lot of wine. So I poured myself some on ice, and it was delicious. It was incredibly smooth. Probably the best gin I've ever had. So I drank it really easily, really quickly, and then I had another one, and I had like a third one, maybe a fourth one, and people started arriving, and the wine and champagne started getting poured, and I, I don't want to say I blacked out, but I, <laughs> I was, it was hazy, like it was hazy. I remember some of the things, but it was very hazy, and uh, those, those games were going on, and I just saw, you know, I didn't really catch many of them. I, I caught a little bit of uh, the Vikings late at night, we were cleaning up at like three in the morning on the iPhone, but I was apparently holding forth about Bitcoin to the CEO of a large, huge American corporation that is kind of my natural enemy, uh, this person and the corporation. But she's actually very nice. You know, maybe 
maybe it's one of those cases where sociopaths are especially charming or smart or something, but but I actually liked her, and she was asking, she was she was into it. I, from what I remember, she was asking all these questions, and I was like giving doing the best I could in a semi blackout to uh, explain Bitcoin in detail, which is hard to do even when you're sober. But uh, it was a really fun party. It was a great weekend. It's just a London. I did have one bad experience on the way out, but for the most part, London is just a such a first world, high class city. Can you not name which corporation this was? I don't. I don't want to just because it's a private party of our friends, and you know, I don't know. It's not like it's not that personal, but it's a corporation that I hate. Okay, all right. And then, what was the the bad thing that happened to you on the way out? So when we were flying back uh, on Christmas Day, uh, we flew out of Gatwick. It's like a long-ass way to that airport. We went through security, and, and I guess I just went ahead of Heather and Sasha on the one line because they were, like, dealing with this other security issue to get through. And uh, first of all, they made me throw out my toothpaste and some other bullshit. It's just annoying, that shit. Like, there's just, there's just such followers, you know, those people there. And in London, like, people don't question. It's, they're, they're so broken. But Sasha and Heather went in, like, a different line, and apparently, and I would have, I'd be in jail right now if I were in that line, but apparently Sasha got randomly selected. I mean, you know, they do a random thing to get searched. And they made her go through that fucking radiation thing. Right? I don't even go through that shit. And kids, even in the U.S., kids never. If you're with your kid, you just go around through, like, the regular metal detector. I was apoplectic. Like, she had already gone through it. Because Heather's like, oh, I think they made her go through that. And, like, Heather, she cares about this stuff, but she's not, like, on it like I would be. And I would have fucking, I would be in jail. Because I would have, I would have been like, what the fuck is your problem? It's a five-year-old girl. Like, right. if you want to, like, I mean, what the fuck? You know, just select another random person. I'll go through the fucking thing. But you just don't do that. Just, and I was talking to the woman, like, this before I even knew that Sasha was going through, like, about my toothpaste and shit. And just, like, that British way, like, it's just, they just expect you to submit, break you down. It was, it was really, it made me kind of feel kind of disgusted by the country. And I, I loved it when I was there. But that, that whole security thing, and they have, like, cameras everywhere, and it's a very uh, surveilled society, and it... It just made me feel kind of disgusted by the society. So I, I really love my time there, but and we were like, oh, we should move to London. It's too expensive anyway. But we were like, if we could afford it, we'd love to move there. But then like on the way out, I was like, fuck that place. That's great. You almost got blacked out. But yeah, I didn't realize that even here that you could go around the, that machine if you had a, a child with you. I don't oh, yeah, I know. In the that. U.S., you, you put Chloe through that machine? Um, I, I don't, I've not flown commercially with her yet. Actually. Okay. So yeah, no, what they would do is they put you in a family line and you just go through the regular metal detector with her. Right. Okay. All right. That's good to know. But that, that uh, fucking cancer shit, you know, every time I used to get the, you know, I have global entry now when I used to, have to go through that shit, I'd say, now nah, I'll take the pat down in the U S in New York. They don't have those things except in London, I guess, but uh, I'd take the pat down. And when the dude would be patting me down, I would say, those things have a lot of radiation. You're probably going to get cancer if you work here for a long time. And he'd be like, no, sir, they're, they're very safe. And I'd say, well, that's what they tell you. But in like 15 years, when clusters of cancer happen from TSA workers, they're not really, they're going to deny it. They're going to say it's random. And you're not really going to have an, you know, what are you going to do then? These are like, these are government contracts handed to these people who have connections with the government to make these bullshit, I don't say bullshit, you know, make these systems. Like, they don't care about you. They're not seriously testing it. And the guy's like, sir, it's safe. You know, but you know I'll get in his head. Oh, you definitely got in that guy's head. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm doing that dude <laughs> solid because I guarantee they don't test that shit. Do you think they give a fuck about those guys? No, they don't give a shit about them. Right. And you think they're going to tell them, no, this is horribly unsafe? No, what they're, they're going to do is do some bullshit safety test that they tell the safety tester, just give it a, a pass, just do what you have to do. You know, the safety tester knows that his job depends on giving it a pass. 
and there's ways to look at the data that will support that and ways to half-ass the test. They certify it. It gets sent out. You know, I mean, you know this shit isn't rigorous. What the fuck do they care? Right? By the time that shit, by the time 20 years from now, like all the TSA people are getting cancer and, and people who travel a lot, frequent flyers, like half those people who design that shit will be dead. They'll deny. You know, it's like the smoking thing. Like 30, 40 years later, what the fuck do they care? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I bet you were, you were irate for sure. Yeah, Did you let someone have it? Well, I was, I was giving that woman, I mean, luckily the toothpaste I had was like a quarter full and it was horrible toothpaste that tasted terrible. And I was just out of my duty for buying it. It was like six bucks, like, you, you know, using it, like just out of duty because I bought it, but it tasted horrible. So I didn't really care about it. I didn't lose anything of value, but just, it, just the attitude, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, you must submit. It's just like the whole thing. Right, but people, I mean, after, after you found out Sasha went through, I you got, just. I was really pissed, but like she'd already gone through, like I would have gotten, you know, really exercised if. They were trying to make her go through, and I was there. I would have been like, no fucking way is she going through. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, I'm sure she's fine, but just, you know, one time is not going to kill her. But it's just, it's disgusting. It's just a disgusting society that that would, I mean, how how much of a fucking nutless monkey must you be to be, oh, you're the random one, you're a child, you know, I mean, this is so fucked up. Right. No, I know. That's, that, that is terrible. What um I'd be fired up too, yeah, especially at that like you said, and, and, and it's it's like I know you don't want to don't want to profile as they say, but it's like give me a break, five year old girl, like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just it's gross, you know. And I just I think about those people, and I and I have disgust for that country. And I, as I said, when I was there, it was like so fun. It's a beautiful place. I mean, London. The walks we went on through town, it was just like an overcast, rainy London. It was, but it was actually not cold. The Holland Park is like the nicest park in Europe. I mean, it's just so fucking nice there, but. They are really a fascist authoritarian society. Right. What else? Uh, what's your B of A story? Uh, the B of A story is a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, I uh, refied my house. And it was a real pain in the ass. Like the, the guy, it was like my brother's friend who agreed to do it with me. And it was a good rate and the fees were, you know, what they were. But like he was so disorganized and I, they were always asking for new documents and it was always unpredictable and there's always these deadlines. And it was just, it was just so horrible the process and I had to send in all this money to escrow and like they weren't telling me exactly why and what they were going to pay me back so it finally closed and I, w- I had the spreadsheet because they weren't showing me anything I was like calculate all the fees what I owed what I paid all the interest I had to like figure it all out and I was like I think I'm owed like another $1,400 and he's like no you- you'll get that back so I got 500 back after I called and complained it's like I think I'm 900 short and the guy's like well they should send it to you I'm like how you know it's just not cool I don't want to have to fucking track this down man like you know I, I did everything I'm supposed to do like I don't want to have to fucking be calling you once a month like where's my fucking money so he just the guy wrote me PayPal me $917 personally and just because and the only reason he did that was because uh, my brother throws him way bigger business than me so like he didn't want me to like complain to my brother and I said all right well I'll send it back to you if I ever get the money and I called again in a couple months and they said I don't know if there's anything I was like all right fuck it I guess I'm just keeping his check 18 months later this is like today I found this out. Heather said, my mom, whose address my mail now gets sent to, got a check for $2,100 something from Bank of America to refund your escrow payments. Hmm. 18 months later. So, I mean, right. how fucking disorganized are they? I mean, 18 months later, <laughs> I was calling like, hey, I, I don't think I get all the, because you put like five grand in escrow and they like, you know, do some shit and like some of it goes toward the debt some of it goes toward that month in between while they're doing it like there's a whole bunch of 
math that was just so unclear. And I kept asking, and I sent him a spreadsheet. I'm like, what is, what's wrong on the spreadsheet? He had no fucking clue, this guy. He was so out to lunch. He had no idea how his own fucking bank even worked. Anyway, they just sent me the money. And so I was thinking, you know, do I send the guy the 900 back? He'll never know the rest of his life. He has no fucking idea. He probably forgot right, about yeah. it. But, but I'm going to send him the money back. I'm going to send him back. One, one guy, that guy, Alan Seslowski, one of our listeners, he said, yeah. why, don't you just, why don't you send it back to him and say, I'll send it to you in 18 months. I'll refund you in 18 months. <laughs> That's good. You should say that. No, you should send that back, though. I mean, it's not. It's I made not the deal. Right. I'm going to do it. It's just bad karma to, to keep it. So I'm going to uh, send it back. Yeah, that it does seem a little lengthy, though. Jeez. And what the fuck? I mean, it's, it's just it's, those places. Like, they're not serious places. You know, they're like gambling houses that have to have this front of a fraud business, which is this kind of shit. So they're so disorganized. It's not their real business. Their real business is getting money on the cheap from the government and gambling with it. That's basically their real business. It's like those, mo- those drug-dealing mafia places that are like, they're like a restaurant in the front, but nobody ever goes to the restaurant. You're like, how has this thing been in business for 30 years? Because that's not what the fucking real business is. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like the uh, boxing gym and Ray Donovan, those banks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, nice. Do you, you still watch Ray Donovan? I'm, still, I'm like season three. I, I, got, I got a little sidetracked because I got busy with the holidays, but I'll, I'm going to get back into it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that shit. I relate, really- I relate to the characters in it. I really identify with some of them. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Right. Not not really Ray as much as is John Voight. I identify with him quite a bit more. <laughs> Definitely more John Voight. Yeah, me too. I love yeah. I love I love when he he put the Xanax in that guy's burger, and then he uh, when the guy he put like ten Xanax, and then the guy fell asleep. He shoved him in the pool. Right, Do you remember right. that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that was that was a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so that's those two things. And the other thing I want to talk about is. You know, I, I made some money in Stowe, but do you know how it went down? Well, yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit? I, I caught a, a couple chain emails that I found interesting. So uh, why don't you go ahead and enlighten us? Yeah. So what happened was Pianowski had the most points by far. So the rule in the Stopa League is if you have the most points and you win the tournament, you get all the money, all the 12000 to yourself. But if the guy with the most points doesn't win the tournament, then first, second, third, and fourth place, basically all the semifinalists in the playoffs all get paid. And so Pianowski was in the finals. Yahoo's projections had him like 50%, about even with Brad Evans. And Scott offered some hedges. You know, do you want to hedge? you want to split some money up front so that, you know, in case I win it, you don't get nothing. And in case he loses it, he gets some of your money, even if he loses it. And so I looked at it, and it was 22.50 for third. I was in the third place game against the Salfino Matic team. And they were pretty big favorites over me, but... So, you know, if I got third, it'd be 2250, assuming PL lost. And if I got fourth, it'd be 1,000, assuming PL lost. Again, if PL won and he had the most points, it would be zero for either. So, PL put out an email saying, Does anyone want to hedge? You know, let me know. And I said, You know, don't worry about hedging fourth place because it's only 500 each. So, it's like, I'm not going to bother with that. But if I get third, uh, yeah, I'll split it. You know, 1125, 1125, if I get third, win or lose, like whether he wins or loses, right? Because that way, if he loses, he would have got zero from me, but he's getting eleven twenty-five. And if he wins, I would have got zero from him, but I'm getting eleven twenty-five instead of twenty-two fifty, just in case. So that was the hedge. So I offered that, and I mean, I don't have to go in the whole thing, but, but Salfino was trying to like imply that I was trying to hustle Pinal, and I was just sort of like, dude, I, I trust Pinal's judgment in doing the math, but he wouldn't let it go. So I had to like spell it out for him. It's pretty fucking obvious, like what I'm trying to say. I don't know. It was just it was. I guess the email chain was probably pretty funny because. Whether that was a hustle or not, but P and I was obviously a smart guy, and he uh, 
figured out that that was a sensible hedge. We made the hedge. I'm glad we did because I did take third and I got 1125 bucks. And it's actually funny because do you know how it happened though? Like the way, like the way the game played out. Uh, first of all, I did get the email chain. I did get a laugh out of it. That was funny. And secondly, so that means you're glad you hedged because P and I would have gotten all of it. Yeah, because he won and he won easily. And so what happened yeah. was, I saw the P and I was up big, so I knew that he was going to win. So I had to take third, otherwise I'd get nothing. So I'm playing these guys, and I just fucked up. I mean, I was drunk the whole weekend in London. I had a good time, but I just, <laughs> I just didn't really like. I, I did set my lineup. I got in half an hour before, but I, I always feel like don't switch anything to the last minute. And I think I. Right the day before I was really drunk and I said it one way. And I think like I prejudiced myself in that direction because I never like to mess with it at the end. And one of the things I did is I took out Cutler in Kansas City and I put Andy Dalton and that cost me five points. Mm-hmm. But the really bad thing I did was I had Corey Coleman in there and I had Ted Ginn on my bench and Corey Coleman ended with 0.8 and Ginn had 17 points. Yeah. And that was really bad. And I was very unhappy Christmas morning thinking about how I fucked that up. It was really a very miserable feeling. And, and Corey Coleman, like, he had more targets the last couple games, much more. I mean, Ginn only had two targets the last couple games. And Michael Thomas was dinged up, but it turned out he was going to play. Had Michael Thomas been scratched, I probably would have put Ginn in. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm fucked. So I was, well, Ginn had been banged up, too. I mean, I don't think he played the week before. Yeah. Well, no, I think he did, but he had two targets or something. So anyway, so I'm, it turns out, like, a lot of my guys do, you know, they didn't do much. Jimmy Graham got that touchdown, but that was his only catch. And a lot of guys didn't do well. Des didn't do much. So, you know, going in, but going into, uh, the Christmas day games, I was up like 13, but they had Le'Veon Bell going and Jesse James and Michael Crabtree. And I just had Nick Foles. So Yahoo had them as 10 point winners. So I was in trouble. So I watched the early game that night and Jesse James was just not even, he's targeted once Vance McDonald's getting all the targets and Le'Veon yeah. Bell's a really bad guy to root against because he, they just dumped the ball to him so much. It's just so, it's so rough. Just every time you're like, fuck, stop dumping it off to him. He got vultured on one touchdown, but then he scored another one late on a drive that, that was extended because fucking Jadavian Clowney yeah. um, got a face mask. And then, but then, you know, because Jesse James got nothing, I was down three with Foles against Crabtree. I was actually like a slight favorite. And then... I couldn't stay up late enough to watch that game, so Monday morning I watched it, uh, you know, next morning, and fucking Crabtree got zero. He got zero points. Falls out a shit game, but it's good enough. And uh, right. I got the money, man. Nice. Yeah. No, Ginn hadn't played since December 7th. He hadn't played. He, he Are you sure? Played. I'm looking at the box score. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I saw some. I thought he got, like, very few targets, though, the games before that. Jamie only got two. I think he left hurt. So, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Right. That, that congratulations i uh, wish it hadn't have happened but um uh, nicely done and uh yeah take some of uh, stopa's money a night a good year the yahoo guys so uh, yeah pino over evans i like it yeah and also um i never got money in the stopa league before because the year that i made the finals with barons he had the most points and he offered to do a hedge and i was like fuck that nice oh, <laughs> real man done. real man doesn't fucking hedge i mean real yeah. man doesn't fucking hedge especially in the finals i mean this is for like fourth pl- you know third place i just wanted something for third and my team I got paid $1,125 for a team whose most expensive player was Andrew Luck, who set the record low for points in week one, and who had bottom half points on the, total, on the year. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so right. that's how a real man plays a bad hand. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. All right, what else? Uh, anything else you got going on? No, nah, that's really it. That's, and we're going to Porto for New Year's. What are you doing for New Year's? 
Uh, do not have any uh, special plans as of now, sadly. Uh, just watch football. It's Sunday again. I'll watch some football that day of, and then I don't know. Hopefully, not be too sick. Uh, what, what What are your plans entail? Um, I don't know. We're gonna go out. We're gonna do some drinking and shit. You know, there's some there's some friends of Heather's that are from Argentina. She's got all these random friends around the world. You have friends that you partied with when you were like 23 that you like were really good friends with, but you don't know that well anymore. Sure, of course. Right. Do you have friends whom you were like 16 that you were like best buddies with for like a year or two and that you just don't really keep in touch with? Yeah, sure. That happens. But like if you saw them, you'd be like, hey, what's up, man? You'd be like friendly immediately. But you, you just, you know, it's like that was just then. Yeah, of course. Right. So Heather doesn't have that. Heather, everybody that she was ever friends with, she's still friends with. Right. Okay. And, gotcha. And Heather's 46. Okay. So there's a lot of people along the way like there are a lot of people so there's every fucking person in the world we know well that's a great great thing to have uh you know traveling like you guys are that's perfect it's great to have those people traveling but it's also like you know how many people are staying with us this year this one friend she was like hey i really need to stay in lisbon and do something for business can i stay for a few days and Heather's like yeah sure you can stay here for a few days she goes okay great i just booked my flight six days she booked it for I told Heather, I would have been like, no, absolutely not. You're going to have to get like an Airbnb or a hotel for three days. But Heather's like, oh, right. what can we do? She booked it for six days. <laughs> like that shit goes on all the time in my life. Like there's just a lot of people coming through here. This is like a fucking hostel where I live now. I could see that driving you crazy. Yeah. It's like, dude, I've got some good friends that I used to know that I like, but I just, I don't have the time to keep in touch with everybody on the fucking planet. Right. Yeah. No, I don't have any exciting plans myself for New Year's. It's going to be boring. I'm sure. We'll be yeah. lucky if I stay awake till to see the ball drop. Yeah, so uh, you're just fucking nutless monkey. You're an old man. I, no, so we're going to Porto. We're going to party with some random friends I haven't yet to meet. I've met like hundreds of her friends, but not these people apparently. And they have a kid. And then her other friend that we know well that we stay with uh, in Wales for Christmas is going to. They now live in Porto. So Porto is like a city in northern Portugal, by the way. Gotcha. Take cool. a tra- train up there and chill. All right. <laughs> You got anything else? You got something interesting? Come on, man. I'm doing, I'm talking like a million things. You no, you're fucking, talking a lot. Um, you don't have one fucking thing that you can offer for this fucking podcast? I don't feel good. Um, uh, one funny thing that happened this last week is uh, uh, my, my niece lives in Los Angeles, and I don't know if you saw this on the news, but um, there there were like all kinds of like UFOs in the sky in this, uh, the other day, and you could even see some in Arizona, and she sent like some crazy video she took and, and the footage is just absolutely insane. And she's texting me saying, you know, the, and the next thing I know, my, she's texting my mom's contacting me and my wife saying the world's ending and the aliens have finally come. And I don't even see anything on the Internet yet, but I guess Twitter kind of blew up. But it was SpaceX and a planned uh, rocket launch. Right. And uh, I guess they had not really let a lot of people know about it. And the footage is pretty, pretty crazy if you haven't seen it. But Google SpaceX uh, Los Angeles and it'll be in you'll see what I'm talking about. And there's uh it's pretty funny, though, for, for like a brief, brief 20 seconds this week. I, I, I don't know. I was moderately convinced that uh, the world is coming to an end. Well, why does aliens mean it's coming to an end? You know, you don't know what they're going to do. They might just. Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. They, they should be so. Well, if they're if they came here, that means they're logically more advanced than us. But that could also mean they're so advanced they don't believe in violence. So, I mean, I guess that could be the case as well. That's true. That's true. Well, what, what will the odds be if, if aliens you know, arrived above us tomorrow morning? That they would be hostile. What, what would you give that? I mean, it's very hard to handicap something like that because that would be a hard one to handicap. You're, 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 you're <laughs> assuming that being advanced means you're against violence. What if being advanced means you're for violence? 
Yeah. No, 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 of course. That was just my own, like, uh, yeah, yeah, ethical. You're a, pa- idea. You're a pacifist. Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll give an answer. What, what, what is your take? I mean, I, I theoretical, the hypothetical, it's a little bit hard to, to handicap, but let's. I, I mean, I think I, it's likely that they would be peaceful, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't know about if they can If they can get here, like, what do they, need, what do they want with us? Right. Maybe right. they want a toy. You know, we just give them a few humans just as toys. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I, I, I do suggest you check that out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, have you heard of this or no? No, I never heard of it. No. Okay. SpaceX and is in LA in this past week. So um, anyway, let's get into the, the game. One one final week. I'm ending my worst year I've ever had. I keep winning the best bet though, just because take the Niners every week. I know. It's just well, and this week you got a good line because it was before the Rams announced right. that they were sitting everybody. I was going to use the Niners, but I, I you know I'm twelve three and one in best bets this nice year. So I, I was going to I could take the Niners, but I want to use a real line because I want it to be legit. You know my my record, so I'm hoping to go. 13 3 and 1 which would be nice yeah that'd be really really good yeah and the, and the obviously week 17 is always crazy you know you have to, to pick uh, predict motivation and playing time and, and all that and it's really interesting what they did it's funny it's almost as if the league forgot that it was new year's eve and they canceled that sunday night game but also there there are actually more afternoon games than there are morning games for the first time that i can ever remember it's funny because it's going to be new year's eve like the heart of it is going to be in the late games for me because right <laughs> because um you know, it's you know, Portugal time. So, all right, let's go over these. You ready? Okay. Yep. Packers plus seven at Lions. You know, this is the type of game the Lions crush, like they shitty team at home. So I was going to take the Lions, but as I started typing it up, I just felt the Packers feeling. I think maybe Jamal Williams has a big day or something, but I took the points. Yeah, I could I could see Jamal Williams having a big day, but I, I laid the points here because exactly what you said. This is the type of game in which it doesn't matter anymore for Detroit, and they – they have a decent defense, although against the run, they are susceptible, but obviously uh, Green Bay's QB situation and what Nelson and Adams might be out. Uh, well, this well is Nelson the game is addition by subtraction or subtraction by addition, but Adams is good. But I just don't think it's going to matter. I think it's going to be some dink and dunk and some running. Yeah. Okay. Well, I took the lines. Okay. Jets plus 15 and a half at Pats. I was really 50-50 here. I could have gone either way. I, I took the Jets. I just think... Bryce Petty's fucking terrible, but the Jets always seem to show up and play, and Pats will grind them down, but I don't know. I could see them pulling away like they did last week against the Bills, but I took the Jets. I took the Pats. I just, uh, I'm with you, though. I think it was like 50-50 for me. I didn't feel strongly. Um, Petty's so bad, but that's a huge line. I do think New England plays all its starters the whole game, though, and that helps a little bit here, so I laid the wood, but I, don't, I wouldn't use that game or anything. Texans plus four at Colts. I don't love this because the Colts did play surprisingly tough against the Ravens last week. But, I mean, even with Yates as the QB, I think these are basically equal teams and the Texans are getting more than three. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, the Colts, are they, they played tough. And they're actually okay against the run at times. So um, so give me, uh, give me them with more. More than three actually surprised me on this line. Yeah. Okay, Browns plus 13 at Steelers. I was really close to taking the, the uh, Browns. Because the Steelers have nothing to play for unless the Pats lose. That's the only scenario in which the Steelers have something to play for. And so, like, the odds that the Pats lose to the Jets are slim. But the games are at the same time. So I kind of feel like, at least for the first half, the Steelers are going to go all out. They're not going to want to blow a chance for the number one seed. And, uh, and then I just was going to take the Browns, and I was like, uh, you know, I just can't take the Browns. Every fucking week they don't cover. They figure out a new way. So I took the Steelers, lay the wood. Uh, 
Yeah, um, I, I did too. Uh, I'm with these, these home games in the Browns. Is they're going to finish 0 16. So I'm with you. I didn't like this one. Actually, I hate this whole week pretty much. But uh, I'm with you. I laid the wood. Okay, Redskins minus three and a half Giants. This was like my. This was the hardest one for me. Like the Giants suck, and I told you that last week. You were you were taking the Giants last week, which is moronic. I mean, I knew Arizona was going to kill them. Yeah. But this week, the Giants are the perfect buy low. The Redskins crushed Denver. The Giants look so bad. The Giants are getting points at home. It's just like a perfect buy low, like a perfect contrarian pick. But I just think they're terrible, and Eli's terrible. But I held my nose and took the Giants. I know that their offense has been bad, but, man, that's a low over under. For the, I mean, it's 37, 38 points. I mean, for these two teams, that seems that seems pretty low. But I originally leaned toward the Giants. Maybe it's my recency bias of just keeping getting burned by them. But every, every week, it's seemingly a buy-low opportunity for them. So Washington, I've talked myself into one of my favorite bets of the week, actually. And it's down to this three, not three and a half. So I, I lean toward them. Yeah, you might be right. I would not be surprised. I, I don't feel The Giants good are just that bad. Oh, I they are? feel like they are that bad. Dude, they just, it's not that Eli Apple was good, but they suspended him too. I saw a guy on yeah. Twitter say it must be a record to suspend a team that suspended three starting cornerbacks in a year. Like three different yeah, starting corners have gotten suspended. And they're just such a joke. And Landon Collins is on the IR also. I mean, Janoris Jenkins is on IR. They're best two defensive secondary. No, this are. is such a Washington, like the Detroit, you know, in strong with a good performance. I like Washington to cover this, actually, the more I think about it, I'm telling you. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not really fighting it. I, this is the hardest game for me. I wanted to say that, but it just seemed too easy. You know, when it seems too easy, sometimes you've got to go the other way. Bears plus 12 at Vikings. Again, I didn't love this game because the Vikings could, they could lose the second seed, but it would be very hard. Here's what would have to happen for the Vikings to not get the second seed. They would have to lose to the Bears. The Rams would have to lose to the Niners. The Panthers would have to beat the Falcons, their underdogs. And the Saints would have to lose as seven-point favorites in Tampa. All those things would have to happen for the Vikings, for this game to matter for the Vikings. Right. Um, I mean, I, it's a, I, I can certainly see Minnesota as the top-ranked fantasy D this week, and, and, and they could just route them. But Trubisky's looked okay at times, and Howard's good. But I could see this being a complete blowout. But uh, that's so many points. I took the Bears, who are a competent bad team. Yeah, I took the Vikings, assuming they actually try, because there is some chance they lose the two-seed if they lose. Uh, and I did it because the Bears, they, they're, like, really competent one week, and they get destroyed the next. And it kind of alternates, and it's usually just based on the level of competition. When they play a shitty team, they crush them, like the Bengals, and they, they crush another couple shitty teams. But when they play a good team, they usually get crushed. Right. You know, I was thinking about also about this, uh, the, the, the Jeff Fisher talking about wanting to, you know, get back into coaching next year. And it, seriously, just look, it, I guess he's claiming that he – he left the Rams in good position. <laughs> that, that's his take on this. Right, right. Uh, this whole but I was just thinking, not, not only was it like, you know, obviously Jared Goff went from looks like bust to like, obvi- you know, budding star, but oh, didn't he coach Case Keenum as well a couple yeah. years? No, Keenum was I'm, on the last year. Keenum started the first like eight games for the Rams and he was awful. And now he's doing what he's doing. I mean, that is just what that's such a resume of recency. Th- for think Jeff about Fisher. this. There's a very good chance that this happens. Very good. Let's say the Rams lose to the Niners this week because now they're underdogs and they're sitting everybody. So they lose. They get the four seed. And let's say, you know, obviously the Saints probably get the three seed, but it could be Carolina, one of those two. So the Rams would then go to Philly, who's not very good right now, with, you know, Wentz out. And the Rams beat Philly in Philly. 
and then the Vikings are hosting the three seed, whoever that is, whether it's the Saints or the, or, you know, assuming they win the wild card game against yeah, the they'll six be seed. favored, right? Yeah, they'll be favored. So they host the three seed. So if the Vikings win and the Rams win in Philly, then the NFC Championship game is Golf versus Keenum. <laughs> it's not just no. one QB. Those are the two QBs that survived in the NFC. Those are, I mean, that is a very plausible scenario. It's very plausible, right? No, that's funny. And then yet someone probably will give him a job next year. I, you know, there's, uh, there's one team that has a vacancy. <laughs> uh, we talked about it last week. It would be very stupid. You know, that John Mara is just such a bad owner. That's, that's the thing. All right, so you got the Bears. I got the Vikings. All right, uh, Cowboys minus two and a half at Eagles. To me, this is obvious. It's Cowboys. Yeah, it just seems too obvious. The less than the three with Philly probably resting people. So, yeah, do you want to use that one? Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, agreed. Okay, you could use Washington if you really want. I mean, I, I, don't, okay. me, yeah. I, mean, I don't care. I, yeah. I was not strong on that. All right. Okay. Bengals plus nine and a half at Ravens. I took Cincy. It was a consensus pick. So I, know, I mean, a unanimous pick. So I know you took him too. But I didn't feel strongly about it. It just seemed like the Ravens are bullies at home, but this is a divisional game. Bengals played better last week. I just think it's it's not going to go easy. So I took the Bengals. Yeah, I didn't uh, feel strongly either. I felt like it was very similar to Minnesota-Chicago, and I could see it going either way. But uh, it, in the end, I took the points. Bills minus three at Dolphins. I loved the Dolphins here. It was my best bet originally. And then I read something saying Cutler may not play in the second half. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know about that. I think I, I saw that you wrote that. Uh, normally, I don't read your column, but I did this week. Um, I, I'm with you, though, still, though. I don't know. I, have, I don't know. You're the one that read it. Did it sound legit or what? Because otherwise, I'm with you in Miami here. It sounded legit. Yeah, it sounded like Gase was thinking of putting David Fales in. And I've yeah. been making the joke on XM that, you know, I just don't think you could succeed with him. So I, yeah, I was right. concerned. <laughs> yes, yeah. you get it. Do not spell it out. Just let, it, let the listeners pick it up. So anyway, I, you know, at first when I thought I saw this line, I was like, this is the, the Bills and Dolphins are equal teams. It should be Bills plus three. And the fact that the Bills are conceivably playing for the playoffs, that shit doesn't matter. It's not like the Dolphins, who have all year to rest, are going to rest anybody. I thought, you know, this is an easy, this is best bet material. But then if Cutler is being benched in the second half, then it's more, you know, then the line makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a stay away then. Yeah. I, I still like the Dolphins. The Bills are bad on the road and. I think they'll choke. And I think there's some sort of, they sort of want to choke in some ways because of that Taylor Peterman game that they gave away. Yeah. Well, they probably would have lost anyway, but uh, yeah. Well, they might've, but it's just, you know, five interceptions the first half. You, you really, no, I, you're never going to, we'll never know. All right. I'm going to say a lot of people are talking about that. Like they would have won that game or something for sure. If Taylor started, I mean, they're underdogs either way, but I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, they would have had a, a much better chance. All right, Panthers plus three and a half at Falcons. Who do you have here? Oh, why is, that, yeah, why is this more than three? So uh, I kind of want to fade both these teams, but uh, give me the Panthers on the points. Yeah, I, was, I thought the same thing. And I don't think that the, Fal- the Falcons are more desperate because they're a winner go home pretty much. I think if the Seahawks lose and the Falcons lose, the Falcons get in, correct? Uh, I believe that's the case, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Seahawks are nine-point favorites, so it's unlikely <laughs> the Seahawks lose. But I don't think desperation helps you in these situations. I, I never pick a desperate team. I just want to know the team is going to try, and that's, that's enough. Right, right, right. No agree. But, man, how miserable are the Panthers, though? You mean how miserable the watch are the Panthers? Yes, yes. That's oh, a horrible team. It's just it's gross. It's gross for every uh, – they're so ugly. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing, like how they get it done. Cam will oh, scramble for like a first down, and it's just how does it even happen for them? It's terrible. I do not want to see them in the playoffs, but yeah. so well, be it. Anyway, right. Yeah, take the points. Okay. Yeah. Saints minus seven at Bucks. I took the Bucks. I, you know, James Winston's playing really well since he came back, and the Saints are good, but seven on the road is a big number, and let's say the Bucks are sort of playing like a seven and nine team right now. Say the Saints are a twelve and four team, eleven and five. I mean, seven on the road is too much for that. It's a lot, but I'm such a believer in this Saints team. They just shut down the Falcons. Their defense is good. They're just going to go crazy on this poor Tampa Bay second. I know that they've been running the ball more, but they're loaded, man. I'm, I'm taking New Orleans. I think there's strong argument they're the best team in football. I think they could win the Super Bowl, but I just think this is a tough, tough week for them to win easily. Sure. Jags plus four Titans. You know the Jaguars say they're going all out. They just they say they're playing everybody, and so plus four. I just give me the Jaguars. Exactly my thought process. Real, real uh, detailed there, but same here. Yeah, if they're going to try. They have the better roster. Uh, Tennessee's so bad. I mean, I feel like their backups they could hang and, and lose by just a field goal anyway. So yeah, give me Jacksonville. So we'll use them then. Okay, we'll use Jacksonville like and we'll use the Cowboys, and you can use the Redskins. Okay. All right. This is my best bet here. Raiders plus eight at Chargers. Raiders defense has played better of late. I think they switched the defensive coordinator. I think Erickson told me that. And you saw yeah. them play the Eagles. Like, they were all over Foles the whole game. And Khalil Mack was getting at people last few games. And the char- it would be just so Chargers for the Titans to lose to the Jaguars and the Chargers to blow this game against the division rival, the Raiders. Plus eight. I-, I love the Raiders here. I think the Chargers, this is almost like a 50-50 game to me. Yeah, that was tougher for me than, than you, but I'm totally fine with using it. So it's your best bet. Let's do it. Uh, it would be the Chargers. But isn't this also the Chargers, a game in which they, they win by 30 and everyone complains that they didn't make the playoffs or how dangerous they would have been? You know what I mean? It could be, but you know, you know what's interesting is whenever they targeted Hunter Henry a certain amount of times, they had a lot of success, and whenever they ignored him, they didn't do well. And it's a little random because he's, like, he's not Gronk yet, but he's pretty damn good. They don't have him. Melvin Gordon's banged. I'm not that Gordon's good, but they're just going to be even thinner <laughs> running back. Eckler was a good, or Eckler, however you say his name, was a good player. And they lost him. Yeah. And so, like, they have Keenan Allen, who's good, but he's not really, like, a you know, deep threat. Tyrell Williams, they're kind of thinner now on the team. And then, I, I, you know, Marshawn Lynch is running well. I, and the Chargers aren't great against the run. I think the Raiders are going to 50-50 this game. No, that's definitely possible. And I'm not big on uh, going, looking backward and talking about things we got right, uh, as anyone can follow my picks this, this year knows that I, I wouldn't want to look backward. But it's it's crazy that it's become such a, a thing now that, like, Derek Carr might not be a star. It's like, man, the, the YPA suggested this was forthcoming just so obviously. And me and you have just, oh, not just the two of us, anyone who follows it just at a basic level could see this coming, really, unless he was going to just buck all trends. Yeah, no, totally. And and the other thing is, we I think what we do, and it happened with Dak Prescott, too, who looks like garbage, by the way, and he's such a nutless monkey. I mean, it's just check downs to Jason Witten. Fucking throw yeah. the ball to Dez. You know, I was in that you know that third-place game for a lot of money, and I was like, I had Dez going. I'm like, just don't fucking – he just never would throw to Dez. They could be down nine points with four minutes left and need to drive, and they're just not targeting their, their guy. We don't know if Dez has lost a step. I think he has, but I've just never seen them throw a ball to Dez where Dez's back is to the – quarterback it's always when he's facing the quarterback eight yards away back shoulder throws everything's back shoulder how about over the shoulder how about you know a ball how about a slant a slant and go how about something where he's running away from the quarterback yeah um, yeah no, i hear you yeah no, I mean, is, is Dak? what, what is your uh, thoughts on on Dak actually moving well, forward so my thought on Dak is that 
is that basically quarterbacks come into the league, and if they come in under good conditions, like a good offensive line and good players around them, then they look a lot better. And if they come in under bad conditions, like Goff did with Jeff Fisher coaching, they look a lot worse. And we vastly overestimate how much that is reflective of their true value. Sure. So we attach, you know, their results, their short, you know, it's a small sample. When you have a guy like Brady or you have a guy, well, Brady's kind of a bad example because he might be the greatest of all time. But if you have a guy like Stafford or Eli or Matt Ryan, you kind of over time get a sense of who he is. And if you have a guy who's been in the league, you know, six games or 12 games or one season and the circumstances were good, we think that like that's who he is. But really we're, we're looking at the circumstances more than the player. Yeah, but I think it's safe to say we can all come to the conclusion that Jimmy Garoppolo is a, is a Hall of Famer. Well, he's playing like Joe Montana. That's the guy he seems like Joe right Montana now. Joe Montana 2.0 is yeah. what he is. That's what, that's what he's playing like. He's, it's ridiculous. And the Patriots are going to be really pissed when he beats Brady in the Super Bowl in 2018. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, Derek Carr, very, very average at best, uh, as he seemingly has been on a per-play basis throughout his career. But, um, but yeah, so... Yeah. I hear you, though. In this game, you could keep it close. Yeah, okay. Cardinals plus 8.5 at Seahawks. I didn't feel that strongly, but the Cardinals are like an okay team, and the Seahawks are a decent team, and this line is way too big. The line is big, and you were totally – I mean, I was just thinking about how wrong – the Giants-Arizona game, you know. Arizona's defense is pretty solid, but still Seattle at home – um, that quarterback going into Seattle could get ugly. So I laid the points here, but how they do how they do at home last week? Uh, they did not do too great at home. I don't know about the mystique of that shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think Drew Stanton's like a fine backup. You know, you mean two? Backup. I think you all. You mean two weeks ago against the Rams? That's what I mean. The last time they were at home. Yeah, how did that fare? Yeah, no, you're right. Right. I, I think so. this is going to be a fight. I think Seattle will win, but I think it's not going to be. Oh, here we go. Let's watch the Falcons lose and just get in the playoffs. They're going to have to fight themselves. Sure, sure. All right. Chiefs plus three and a half at Broncos. I know it's Paxton Lynch, but the Chiefs are going with Pat Mahomes and probably benching most of their players. So I took Denver. Yeah, me too. Um, It could be an ugly game. I kind of like Denver as a cheapy uh, DFS defense because they're still really good despite their record. And I know Mahomes went crazy in the preseason, but it's still making his first start. Uh, maybe that'll just result in a vanilla game plan with just a bunch of handoffs. But uh, either way, I'm with you. Uh, I took Denver here, and and um, would you consider them, or do we? No, we have our fifth. Never mind. The, the yeah. fifth one, uh, fittingly, the final one, of course, going Niners. I, I don't know. The the lines come out in like an hour or two for the super contest, and I guarantee it's going to be closer to what the current one is than the one that we use in stat picks. Which was what did we get? Niners plus what? Three and a half? Plus three. Okay. Yeah. That was a line early this morning, but yeah, once the Rams announced that they're sitting everybody, it's weird because you would think they might. The Rams have a really interesting situation. Whether would you prefer to be the three or the four if you're them? If you're the four, uh, you know, if you win, you go to play Philly. Sorry, you, you right. don't necessarily because if, if the uh, if the six seed were to win, beat the three seed, then you wouldn't. But like assuming right. that the favorites win, you go to play Philly, you avoid going to Minnesota. But on the other hand, if you're the three and you beat Minnesota, then because Philly's week one, you may be hosting the NFC championship game. Yeah, I think. So what would you well, be the three? Well, or the four? what is the first round matchup going to be, too? I mean, what's that variable? OK, so the first round matchup is going to be if you're the three, you're going to play the Falcons or the Seahawks at home. And if or, you're the, or if, Carolina, 
No, the Falcons are the Seahawks only at home if you're the three. Right, and I'm saying four, you'd play Carolina? Carolina or New Orleans if you're the four. Yeah. At home. Um, hmm. Well, that would be the difference for me right there. I'd, if it's Carolina, give it's me the four all Carolina. day. It's probably Carolina because – Give me the four. The Saints give me the four. Give you the four, and then, and then you play Carolina, and then you go to Philly – and then you go to the winner of the, like New Orleans, Minnesota, whoever it is. It could be. Yeah, that would be like the worst case would you'd have to, you would then be playing in Minnesota, which you're saying you'd immediately have to do the other way. Yeah, but you'd be hosting the championship game. Right, right. I got you. I got you. you know, so, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I guess you, you, you'd probably rather have the four in that case. All right, so our five picks are what? They are the Cowboys, the Redskins, Jags, Raiders, and, of course, the 49ers, who've just been on such a winning streak in this season and, and, and helping me out in the pocketbook. What, what just terrific. Uh, you know that's the highest pass rating against, allowed by Jacksonville secondary, doing it with a bunch of cast-offs. Jimmy GQ, man, and this is just – what what a – never never have been so excited for a five-win team. This is just amazing list. Yeah, it's so crazy, that trade. Like, they weren't like entitled to him. It's not like they drafted him. He was their backup, and they waited for him to start. They just got a trade. Anybody could have traded for him. The Giants could have traded for him. Right. <laughs> exactly. Giants are such fucking idiots. Like John Mara. That's the thing. Bad ownership. The rot. When the rot is from the top, it's really insurmountable. Yeah, and I was reading some other crazy. Uh, all all the advanced metrics say like if he if he'd reached the minimum, he'd have the highest. QBR, the highest, whatever, DVOA as a passer. He's just balling out, man. It's just, it's crazy. No, he, looks, he, he looks great. He looks great. One thing uh, that just before I want to, before we sign off, if you enjoy this podcast, you can rate it on iTunes. There'll be links on Twitter. Chris underscore list is my handle on Twitter. You probably found this on Twitter. So but if you found it from the site at Chris underscore list, or if you found it on the site, there's a link when you click on it to the iTunes page. If you could rate it, give it a good rating if you like it. If you don't, hopefully you don't rate it. Comment, that's always really helpful. And if you're into fantasy sports, fantasy baseball, playoff fantasy football, rotowire.com slash pod. It is a free 10-day trial. You do not need a credit card. Again, rotowire.com slash pod. You got anything else to add before we we, uh, wrap it up for 2017? Nope, that's all. You can follow me at Dalton Deldon on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, happy holidays, man. Yeah, you too, man. And uh, happy new year. You got any resolutions? No, I was hoping you'd come up with one for me. Lift some weights, man. Get Lift jacked. You got to get, get jacked. <laughs> Be jacked, dude. A, a real man is jacked, like myself. <laughs> a real man is jacked. real man is jacked really, like myself. That, that's, that's, it's really that's, stepping outside the box for me there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Dedicate all right. I'll, Next time I'll, I see I'll you, you should be 250 all muscle. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take away Mason's baby room and, and put a gym in there. Absolutely. I'm thinking. Absolutely. Real man okay. will do that. All right, man. All right, all right man. Dude.